0: From MPB Think Radio, this is now you're talking, and I'm your host Marshall Ramsey. Hey, our first guest is a rising star and a man with a powerful message. We welcome Jackson rapper Silas and talk about his hit "Golagola Gola Island." Our second guest is a man who believes your ministry and your work starts right outside your front door. We talk to cancer survivor and inspiration Bryce Jefferson. Hey, you can join in on the conversation anytime by giving us a call at 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at Marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now your Talking, and we'll be back right after the news.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I just said that, but you know what? That just shows you what kind of Monday it is today. Sharita's still in traffic somewhere. We don't even know where she is. Oh, I wait, made it. You finally made it. Well, <laughs> you left your house this morning at three, didn't you?
2: Man. And you know how it is in Jackson. It can be something small like a, a cat is crossing the road or a piece of debris. Or I mean, a
0: butterfly breaks wind or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, precisely. It was backed all the way up. Did you just you see on and not to give the whole state of Mississippi our traffic report, but did you see yesterday the car that like he apparently hit a or she or whoever hit a back of an 18-wheeler and then went up over the edge of the like the curve Ooh. and burst into flames <gasps> right, oh in the Water- work, right in the waterworks curve, which is like one of the worst places in the whole state of Mississippi for traffic anyway. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, luckily, nobody was hurt. So, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, it was awesome and somebody got hurt. But, man, it was just like on fire. And this morning, so I get up nice and early, right, and mm-hmm. um, there was an airplane that took off from Perth, Australia. So they're on this, this, is an Airbus, and so it's one of the big planes. It's flying to Malaysia, which apparently is not a good place to fly to because they've had all the planes disappear and everything else. This plane starts vibrating and shaking, and I saw a video from it. I mean, it was literally like shaking. The pilot came on the intercom twice and asked everybody to pray.
2: I saw that video. Yes, I saw that video. Okay. What, um, what, what, what do you know? What the outcome was? Uh, they, they, landed, they landed safely. They landed safely,
0: but this is the kicker. They all, well, of course, they all. Every the pilot shook every single person's hand and thanked him, and they hugged the pilot, yay, and everything else. Mm-hmm. They put the people on another airplane. Oh, not me. I would mm-hmm. have said, mm, yeah.
2: uh, can I have a ship?" Because I saw the video, and I was like, oh, my gosh. How you do know. you – because it's, it, you're going to feel either one or two things. You're going to be extremely frantic and afraid, or you're just going to be calm and just say whatever happens, happens. Wh- which would you be? Uh, they'd have to clean the seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: they'd have to clean the seat. No, I – you know, I mean, seriously, you've got to accept your fate at that point, but still. how, yeah, how that's terror- scary. Especially for two
2: hours. Yeah, two hours. What was wrong with the I plane? something wrong with the engine. Oh, uh, there okay. Was there, was a, there was an engine problem. And but they didn't discover until they got in the air?
0: Yeah, because it took off fine, and then it just
2: Tragic. started vibrating. They had turn around.
0: Tragic. Yeah.
2: Oh. Yeah, that was, I would probably never get on a plane again mm. <laughs> after that experience. Well, and then to put put me right back on a plane, Yeah. I'd say,
0: um, can I have a couple painkillers and maybe a cocktail? Oh,
2: well, let's take a bus. Yeah. A yeah. boat,
0: anything. Or something. <laughs> you know, I, I'll walk to Malaysia. That's fine. I'll right. swim. I'll do whatever <laughs> it takes. Hey, we got a great show today. We got a couple of... Um, Really? I mean, number one, we got an up and coming, well, actually, not upcoming. He's already on his way to being very successful, but he's from here in Jackson. Silas is here, and Silas has um, got a very, very viral. Uh, hit out there, Gullah Gullah Island. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's significant. It's, of course, some of you are thinking, Gullah Island, that's from that Nickelodeon show, right? <laughs> yeah. No, he, 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 I tell you what, um, I watched the video and it's incredibly powerful and it takes on some of the issues today that are ripped straight from the headlines and looking forward to talking to him, too. That'll be great. Yeah. Also, Bryce Yeverton's in. I've known Bryce for a long time and Bryce, um, well, he's 31. I well, think he's a pretty young guy. Uh, I can say that. You yeah. say you say he's old. I'm 30. I know. I understand. <laughs> Bryce got lymphoma, and uh, his dad had lymphoma, too. I know his dad also. Uh, really an inspirational guy. Beat it, but, I mean, he was a teacher at the time, mm-hmm. and taught his kids that cancer wasn't a death sentence. And he's now really does a lot in the community. Real good guy. So I think um, between the two, I think it's going to be a fantastic show. I think we're going to enjoy it. I'm going on vacation, so I'm going to take a little bit of time off. Where are you going? Um... Uh, Right now, probably back to the house. Oh, that's... Yeah, we're, we're okay. doing some work on the house. We might take a little trip here and there. I don't know when, but...
2: Do you ever feel guilty about uh, vacationing? Do you, do you feel that guilt? Like, maybe I should still be working, or are you at a point where you feel like rest and vacationing is healthy?
0: The first 15 years of my career here as a cartoonist, I never missed the newspaper.
1: Hmm. Even when I
0: had cancer, I never missed the newspaper. I was like going for Lou Gehrig. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I was going to have the record. And I'm still a workaholic like that, but I've just decided now that my kids—I mean, I've got one that's 17, and I've got one that's 14. And the 17-year-old's going to be gone next year, he's going to go off to college, and I'll probably see him, like, twice a year after that. So kind of take a little bit of time and hang out with the boys and be a good dad sort of thing, you know, because I take—you know, as much as work is awesome, and I love work, don't get me wrong, because I mean, I love my career. It's a mission— but at the end of the day, my most important job is raising my kids. So I want to spend Absolutely. a little time with them. And so it's going to be um, a lot of fun. I think we're going to, at some point, we're going to zip up maybe on a trip and uh, hopefully go see the play Hamilton. Oh, I've heard good things about Hamilton. Hamilton is...
2: Um, like it's expensive and I can't afford
0: it. Well, <laughs> I think um, our seats are going to be like with three poles in front of us. <laughs> so uh, we can hear it, but we may not be able to see it. But that's okay. Dad at least got us in the building. That's that's what I say. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be good. Looking forward to that. Have you
2: heard about that? Uh, there's a play, I believe it's in New York or somewhere, but uh, they have Donald Trump as Julius Caesar and yeah, getting yeah. some criticism.
0: Yeah, because basically... Uh, you know the fate. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Ides of March and all that stuff. Et tu brute.
2: But they say it's art and it's not to be taken literally. Kind of right. like Kathy Griffin's thing. It was considered art I and mean, it wasn't to be taken literally. But there are boundaries and lines that are crossed. Apparently. Yeah. I,
0: I think it's just generally a good rule of thumb. You know, like on the Kathy Griffith thing, but, you know, I don't care if it's President Obama. I don't care if it's President Trump. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of a certain president that <laughs> we have. And I tell them my cartoons, but we don't get political here terribly. But I will say this just saying you're going to assassinate a president. Uh generally get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So legal but, trouble. A little bit. Yeah. They kinda take come and take away your birthday, that sort of thing.
2: And Marshall, did you watch the B E T awards? I'm just curious.
0: I missed it last night. <laughs> I fell asleep. So You I, did. You did. Like, and I heard your I spread your commentary this morning. It was quite good.
2: Yeah, I caught the end of it, and apparently it was like a five or six long, five-hour long. uh Silas is shaking his head. It was a very long production, but uh, lots of entertainment. I, I'll tell you, it's interesting seeing the older groups come back and try to perform. New Edition performed. Yeah. Uh, Escape performed. And, you know, it's interesting singing live. You you really, really get to hear the flaws and all when people sing live. is amazing
0: you get old? Your voice goes, er, <laughs> you know, as oh, you your get body.
2: Older. You should look up Bobby Brown dancing uh, on this last New Edition performance. Okay. Okay. It was hilarious. He was out of breath before they even started. You are kidding me. He danced? Okay. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm gonna be
0: hitting, okay. I'm going to be hitting YouTube on that one. i got to see that.
2: But the new edition performance was good because they had the guys who played in the new edition biopic. Uh, you know, the young boys who played them as children and then the ones who played them in the movie and new edition. So they were all on stage with their little high school prom white tuxedo suits and it was cool. It was cool to see that. Those songs just take me back every time. Those you know, are cla- classic timeless songs. When bands that were
0: popular when like you were pretty young are like considered ancient when they get on the stage. That's when you start feeling old. <laughs> yeah, and right. you, for me it is driving down to the coast and seeing the billboards of all the bands that were big oh, when I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. And they all look like they're like sipping a bottle of Geritol and there's like You know, only one member left and one of them's like missing a limb. And I mean, they're just ancient. You're like, oh, man, they're still alive. I didn't realize that. That's when you know you're old.
2: Yeah. Bruno Mars performed. Apparently, he's like the next prince, according to everybody. Uh, He gets no negative feedback or anything, but he has an exciting show. I really want to go to his concert.
0: He's a heck of an entertainer. Yeah, for sure. uh, That's the thing. I mean, he's a good singer. I admit that. His songs are great, but he is a good entertainer. And he has a good story, too. He does. Mm -hmm. He does. Um, but, 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 last week was all Miss Mississippi. Did oh, you yeah. Did you watch that? No, no I did. I, I, I was, of course, doing a TV show for conversations, as you know. I do conversations, and I went over and interviewed uh, ten former Miss Mississippians. Oh, how was that? That was actually pretty cool. I was not knowing what to expect when mm-hmm. I went over, and it was it was like old home week. I mean, one one of them. Robbie Robertson Pinkerton. She, she was Miss Mississippi in 1966. It was the first year they televised the, the deal. She lives in the city where my grandmother's from and was at the church last week where my I was baptized in Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is such a Mississippi moment when you can get down to two degrees of separation on that, mm-hmm. too. And I tell you, somebody who I loved absolutely visiting with was um, Tony Seawright. Oh. Yeah, first black Miss Mississippi and that was 1987, but her son, of course, is um, Kwasim, who was on American Idol. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and he nice. did really well on that, too. And so I was asking her, I said, what's it like watching your kid be judged after you've been judged? Of course, mm-hmm. she had a career on Broadway, and she's still, you know, very successful and just wonderful. I mean, just just came up and gave me a big bear hug and about crushed me in half. <laughs> but um, she said it was just really surreal watching her kid go through that. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: I wouldn't want to do it. You know, like, I I wouldn't want to be Muhammad Ali watching Layla Ali. It would just be too much pressure. I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I guess doing comedy and music, I want my kids to follow in that footsteps. But competing is different. You're going to wonder how your mom feels sitting
0: there watching you do all that stuff.
2: She's happy, but she's also aggressive. She'll beat somebody up if they don't laugh. I've noticed that about her. In fact, I've
0: got a couple scars from her. She's <laughs> pretty scary. you of my baby. <laughs> so, but it was good. I had a lot of travel, though, last week. So it's good to be back, and uh, it's good to have a good show. So we'll just go ahead and break. How about that? And we're going to bring back. I tell you what, you're going to enjoy it. We've got Silas is coming up next. Just wait for a good interview. Good guy. This is going to be strong. And you can, of course, be part of the conversation. Give us a call at 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to this Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and you're listening to Silas, who's in the studio right now. I recognize the song from the kids.
3: <laughs> yeah, because the sample is blaring back there in the background, so you really don't have a choice, yeah.
0: It is. A very powerful video, too. Incredible. It starts off with, um, you know, I mean, I just ripped straight from the headlines. You got, you got a police shooting right at the beginning part of the video.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was important, like, before we even got into this, you know, to set the expectation of what was going on and what right. I was talking about. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and as you're getting ready in the morning, the TV's on, and it's talking to just like what we just heard. You and I were sitting there talking. We mm-hmm. heard it on just once again. Exactly. Uh, that just ripped from the headlines kind of news. Uh, YouTube, oh, we're going to just go ahead and start with YouTube on that. That's that's kind of your palette, isn't it? It allows you to really be able to
3: get out there and make a statement. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, YouTube provides a great platform, you know, where you cannot only just let people hear stuff, but you can provide visuals, yeah. you know, and some people don't listen. So sometimes you got to show them something for them to really like get into it. So it's just a great, 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 great platform for you to, you know, express yourself.
0: You worked with Dark Brothers on this video. How did y'all just sit down and start breaking this out? You just-
3: so basically uh, I kind of just, what I do on my end is I kind of just write out a treatment Yeah, uh, usually for what I want to do and where I want to go with my project. And once I get it all Written out, just throw it to them and they'll clean it up and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know, it's so sometimes it's not easy to go from being musical to visual, to, but it seems like you've got that ability to do both.
3: Yeah, I like to be hands on with everything because yeah. I kind of want to make sure. What like, your it's your image? Exactly, you know? exactly. I wanted to be portrayed exactly how I wanted to be portrayed. I don't want you know anything to get misconstrued across you know right. the lines. I want you to see exactly what I saw when I when I thought of this initially.
0: Oh, come on, I do. I do that every day with my cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so. you always. To me, always the emails I hate, or the calls I hate, are the people who didn't understand the cartoon.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't
0: mind if people are mad if they understand it, but they they're mad because they didn't understand. It, I feel like I didn't do my job. Welcome home, by the way.
3: Appreciate it, man. Yeah,
0: it's good to be home. Sleep in your own bed. Get to a you know, uh-huh. little little pill of time instead yeah. of a hotel. You're, I mean, you're doing the southeast tour.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, man, we uh. Won't really get to spend much time in a hotel. We we'll probably get there, and we got sound check. Come back and get ready. Then you got the show. Then by the time you get back, it's almost time to get up and leave again. It's almost check out time, spot. exactly. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. do a lot of sleeping in the van.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is not, you know, you wait. People drive past you, and you got your mouth open, your head against the window, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you just came in from Atlanta. You're going to Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. But you're going to do s- something here in town, aren't you?
3: Yeah, we are uh, at Lucky Town on July 1st. So we, you know, we just got uh, got just got done with a show at Martin's this past Friday. Yeah, uh, man. We packed out the venue. Did you? People came out in the rain. So it was it was awesome. It was great. That is cool. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you've been doing this for like 10 years now. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. When did while. you start when you were 12?
3: Good grief. I
0: mean, <laughs> I, mean I started... Um, well, you started when you are a kid anyway because, you know, you were around music with your dad.
3: Oh, yeah. Most definitely. i always been a musician. Like, I started out on, on, on piano and then I eventually moved to trumpet. I initially wanted to play saxophone because he, my dad was a saxophone player, yeah. but... The reed and you know the mouthpiece didn't really work for me, so they gave me a trumpet mouthpiece and it worked out great. So here I am now. Isn't that funny how that works like that? My son started with trumpet
0: and then ended up in baritone because that was that's <laughs> how that mouthpiece thing worked out. But um, did you play? Did you play in the high school band?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, I went to Murray my freshman year yeah. and I transferred to Bailey Magnet, which is no longer a high school. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I graduated from. So throughout my entire high school career. I was yeah, in the band.
0: So you got that. But what when did you decide you want to start rapping?
3: Probably somewhere in the middle of high school, maybe tenth grade, I used to um I used to have like this little mic, this uh this mic you could plug into the back of the computer and you remember a sound recorder on yeah. Windows <laughs> oh. uh and I like I put the mic next to the speaker, play the instrumental and then I hit the record button try to catch both of my voice and the song at the same time. It's real bad quality stuff, but that's when I started doing it. And me and my my family, we just like sit around and rap and freestyle. And I was like, I might want to do this, but yeah. So
0: that's one. Of, that's one. Of the, talk about creating your music, because I mean, you're inspired by your emotions and by real life, just whatever you see in the news. Is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you sit down, I mean, what's your process?
3: So basically, it just uh, it just depends on how I feel at the time. I really draw from a lot of stuff from me being a child, though. Uh, I love nostalgic stuff. Just, I love taking my place myself back to a place where you know I was happier at times, or just you know I could be carefree. And I didn't have a lot. There's so much stuff going on sometimes, and it's kind of like an escape, you know, to get away from all of that. Uh, but of course, uh, as a musician or an artist, I feel like I have a responsibility to let people know what's going on, who may not necessarily know what's going on. You know, things in the world, social media, uh, everywhere. And I think music is just such a a great platform and it's easier for people to kind of take it in through music Sometimes instead of just watching the news all the time. Right.
2: So Silas, let me ask, you know Because you think about somebody like uh, Colin Kaepernick who's using his platform uh, to talk about social issues Mm -hmm. Do you worry about offending people in your music? Do you try to be inclusive? How how do you make sure or try to make sure that your message um, Reaches all types of people?
3: Do I worry? You have to worry sometimes. I think it's just it's human nature, like you wanna please everybody, but then you know after you think about that, you realize that you can't it's impossible, you know because we are all humans, you know we're not perfect um but i do I do think it's a certain way you have to go um to to get your message to reach across to everybody. I don't want to say I'll bite my tongue on a lot of things, but I do feel like um just for the you know, the to get the get the get the message across at the end of the day, you do have to have it structured a certain way. But I still wouldn't, you know, uh cap off anything that I got going on to say.
2: So like in in a, a video in a song like Gullah Gullah Island, mm-hmm. you're uh you know talking about and addressing police brutality, which is a very hot topic now that people Mm -hmm. are extremely torn on. So what is the response from people? Do you have to debate these topics with people? You know, when you express it in your music, how do you have to deal with it off stage?
3: I kind of think of myself as just a messenger. Uh, I can't really debate on everything that comes across the table because I'm a very, very emotional person. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm real serious about my craft and everything I do. So I kind of just... I'm the messenger. I put it out there. And at that point, I've already said, you know, what I believe in and what I feel strong about. And I'll let, you know, uh, the fans at that point, you know, take it into, the, you know, their control. Because I do I get a lot of people all the time, like the YouTube comments are crazy. I was going to ask you, do you read the <laughs> comment
0: section? Oh. So like,
3: yeah, it's crazy. and I and You I, do read them? Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> so, do you respond to them?
3: Uh, I can't. Okay. Nah, yeah. It'd be crazy if I hit every one of them every time. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's people out there who they understand what I'm trying to do, and I allow them to, you know, go ahead and and take the focus of that while I continue to work on doing what I'm supposed to be doing and just making sure the message is put out there first and foremost.
2: I I guess with me doing comedy, sometimes I feel like it would almost be be a disservice to the platform to not talk about something that's passionate to me. Right. Because when you think about some other rappers, they don't have a whole lot to talk about. They're not really addressing Mm -hmm. issues. And for some of the old head rappers, they're like, this is a problem. You know, these rappers today, they Mm -hmm. don't have any any mission. They don't have any passion. So, I mean, I do appreciate you doing that, using the platform for your own passion. Well, you can't let
0: other people drive your message either, because at the end of the day, then it's not your message anymore. And I'm I'm not going to get yelled at for something that's
3: not my message. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Definitely on that. Exactly. Your, your new album, The Day I Died, it's been getting great critical acclaim, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, man. Uh, I think I think what people like the most about it is just the relatability. Um, I pretty much just took my life from a kid up until this point and just balled it up and yeah. baked it in the oven and just served it. And I just tried to remain as real as possible. And I think the people who are sort of like similar to me kind of gravitated towards it, and that's why it's doing what it's doing right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. What what are some of the themes that you touch on?
3: So uh, I probably kick it off like it's it's basically a long story. Um, For me as a child, um, through my like school career, doing high school and then all the way up until now and just joining the workforce and how it was, trying to figure out, you know, if I'm going to really pursue, you know, my dreams of right. being an artist. And uh, just, you know, a lot of things thrown in here and there.
0: What moment did you know that you were going to be able to to break away? Because I know, I mean, Sharita's in that, that that position. I'm in that position, too. Where was that, you know, that moment when you realized, you know what, I'm not going to go for the 9 to 5. I'm going to chase my dream.
3: Um, so I had the opportunity to, to, uh, to play with the BB King All-Stars for a few months, and that was kind of like, it was like the decision. I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead. and. It was
0: like a master's degree almost, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it kind of was, yeah, because yeah. you know, I had the opportunity to go out and do that for about four months. And then you know I came back home, and I had to make the decision where, you know, where, should I go back out? Right. Because like, I would have been gone for like six to seven months in Australia. And I was like, man, that's great. But, you know, while I'm out there, I can't really just focus on what I need to be doing you yeah. know, right here or pursuing my music career. And I kind of made a decision right there And I was like, I'm just going to take a chance And I'm going to do it And when I, once I did, this is when everything happened Like right after I made that decision With Gullah Gullah Island and the album and the touring and everything
0: Yeah, How did you decide to use Gullah Gullah Island as your background?
3: So it was actually, I kind of uh, stumbled upon it uh, This great producer that actually lives here uh, By the name of Don Shea mm-hmm. uh, I was on SoundCloud just scouting around Looking for stuff And I came upon it and I was like, man, this is this is crazy so I hit him up, and I was like, this beat, this beat, I, I like this beat, like, you know, like, what can we do? And he was like, man, i am just, just send it to you. And he sent it to me. I put the headphones on, and uh, initially I wrote something else to it, and then it, it just didn't feel right. And then something happened, you know, just like what we just heard a few minutes yeah. ago. And then, you know, it's all you know, I'm like 100% always emotional about all this stuff that's going on but it doesn't help when you hear something on TV or you see something on the radio right. and it just sparks it up like a big flame and during that time and point I heard that and then that's kind of what you know inspired the song cuz it's just kind of like a fed up thing and you know I just like I just got to talk about this right now and that's that's how that's how it happened
0: you like it cuz you hear like the innocence of youth in the mm-hmm. background and you realize you know what those kids are going to be facing something in their life that unfortunately they're going to have to grow up really fast yeah yeah, that's what makes it that much more powerful. So I'm still thinking about the the, the comments on the comments section.
3: Had- oh, man, this, whoa, boy.
2: <laughs> well, well what? you can also just kind of talk about the power of social media because yeah, cause- with, with Gullah Gullah Island, you know, everybody started – doing different videos to your song. Mm. And I, I don't know, but I, I think that was the thing that got it uh, a lot of recognition. Uh, so just talk about the power of social media. How was that? I mean, how many views has the video and the song gotten now? Like maybe uh, interaction in the 30 million
3: Yeah. Yeah, over, over like Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, um, what else? Twitter. Uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah, every, everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's accumulated over over 30 million. Uh, and And we've been saying $30 for a while, so it's probably more than $30 at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, like, social media is crazy. That's kind of how, like, people, they get out there now, you know? Like, all it takes is somebody just doing something, you know, real crazy. It could be somebody in the kitchen, and they'll just, I don't know, they'll they'll turn a backflip off the sink to your song, and then, boom, now everybody knows about your song, and then you're on Ellen, Mm -hmm. you know, the next day. So um, the initial video, though, was where, where some kids, over in uh nigeria and they were dancing and um, and the mu- my music was in the video so that that's what initially made the song just take off i think the first person who actually put it out there was uh ocho senko oh wow on twitter <laughs> so when he did that it just went it went bananas and then it crossed over to facebook and then that's where it just every everybody started reposting it from like just people here and then you got a lot of celebrities reposting it and it just kept going and going and going and going and that's kind of where, like, you know, all the views came from.
0: It's, a, it's almost tempting to sit there with your phone and keep hitting refresh and watch that number go up and up, and up like a slot machine almost. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah.
3: First day. <laughs> yeah, ding, was, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first day seeing it, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I think I might have been, uh, I think I was, like, cooking some eggs or something like that. I was like, I'm going to scramble the eggs today. And then my phone is ding, 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 ding. Phone going on. I'm like, what's going on? Ding. And my friends hit me like, hey, man, you got to you gotta do this, you got to do this. Your song is blowing up. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I had to get, immediately get focused. And uh, just make sure the song was in all the correct platforms to really take advantage of what it was doing at the time
2: i mean to me social media is a completely it's a a job on its own it's it's not like it used to be like you have to worry about performing live and and being Mm -hmm. being efficient in the studio and then you have to be efficient on social media do you do you ever look at some of these overnight sensations and think "Eh, maybe i should use that technique how do you stay focused in the age of comparing yourselves to other folks who are doing things
3: oh man it's it's a big it's a big teacher I mean, you can just look at everybody else and you learn what to do and what not to do mm. uh, as well. Because, um, you know, social media, it can make you, but it can also break you, too.
0: In about three seconds.
3: Man, two 1, 1. 1.2 milliseconds. Like. Exactly. One tweet. Exactly. One tweet. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, that's the thing, though. You, you sit there and think, well, I can't put all this energy in my social media because it's like, where's the money on this? But then you turn around, you've built such a huge audience, and you go perform, and there's, like, people pouring outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's how it reward. pays off. That's how it pays off, definitely. Well, let's take a break. We'll do that. We're, of course, cu- we're talking with Silas, and, of course, his big hit is Gullah Gullah Island. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio
1: the head of a child go wow welcome to the land of the colored.
3: all we do is win never suffer ain't no cops in the cover where well, every kid on the plaque never had a clock you know our families got a father
1: and a mother but we all always... This is an MPB think radio podcast To hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB public radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand so you telling me, yo, so you telling me, if I go see Wizzy, he gonna do magic, they have a on are stop with the jokes, and them with no
0: You're listening to The Wiz by Silas, that's his second new hit that's coming out. Of course, this is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday, I'm glad you're joining the show. Great conversation so far, if you'd like to be part of it, you can give us a call at 877-672-7464. That, of course, is 877-MPB-RING. So we actually have somebody here in the studio who has seen your live show. Oh, oh yeah. So we get a little okay. bit. OK, we're going to get some criticism here.
4: Yeah. No, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's no criticism it's all at, at all. It's all love. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Silas and, and Kaz, the OG. Yeah. <laughs> but so. yeah, um, Sil- Silas puts on a great show. Like he just mentioned the, the show at Martin's uh, last Friday. Um, I mean, it's just it's what. The, the the scene needs a great live performer. And I know he puts in time to get it to where it was, you know, Friday and how he's been on tour. Because um, you can't do these dates and just come on stage with a microphone and just say your raps. I mean, you can go get the CD, turn on SoundCloud for that. But yeah. he, he does, you know. Silas, how much work you put in on your uh, on your stage show just alone? Man, a lot. Uh, just
3: from just from sitting down by myself and trying to figure out, you know, where I want to go with it, uh, to actually sitting down with the band members and my and DJ Perfection and working it out. You know, like we'll go a full day and then we'll sit down at night and we'll, I don't know, we'll practice for hours upon hours upon hours. Then we get done practicing and I'll go back home and see what I can do to tighten it up and we'll do it all over again the next day.
4: And then, like, especially, I don't know how many times y'all have done this throughout the, um, throughout the Wiz tour, but, uh, Martin's, um, you brought out some special guests. Yeah. <laughs> and had some, uh, some special surprises, uh, in between the song you even, uh, broke out with like a little duet. With uh you and Kamikaze on the oh, what what song what song was that? Uh the Bobby Brown? Yeah, my prerogative.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. I was man, my prerogative is so powerful and I just I wanted to figure out like how I can uh incorporate it with one of my songs and it I and we it kinda happened, I think we were in Tupelo. Um, and it was just kind of impromptu. We were just on stage, and you know, sometimes stuff just happens. We just freestyle things sometimes, and it and it, and it came out, and the crowd liked. It and I was like, now we really got to like incorporate this into the show for real and make it work, like, and just make it a staple. And it and it, and it worked.
4: And one of the best things about um uh, Silas's shows is the cross section of people. Like you know, sometimes you'll see just a certain group of people will come see this artist, and another certain group of people will only go see this artist. But when you go to a Silas show. I mean, you got everybody from the rappers to the producers to the the beatniks, the hippies, the you know, the misfits, uh, the cool kids. I mean, you know, everybody is coming to um, see this guy and see this type of show. And it's it's beautiful. As somebody who
0: gets up on stage every once in a while myself, I think it's interesting that you sit there and look at every show and you evaluate what went right and what went wrong because you're constantly fine tuning it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about The Wiz real quick. That's so tough. When you get a monster hit, you kinda get nervous when you come out with the next one. Oh yeah. You're kinda like, okay, is this one gonna do well and so forth? How's that how's it doing?
3: Man, the Wiz is doing great. Uh man, it's exceeding my expectations right now. It's uh, I think it's always been a fan favorite though. Yeah. Uh ever since the album came out. Like even Rita hit me up like she she recorded a video and in the car and she was singing. And I was like, Yeah, if Rita likes it and it's it's gonna be great. There you go. But it's it's doing good, man. Like um, I'm a, I, was, I think the one thing I was worried about was that when I rap, I got kind of like a crazy delivery. Yeah. And it's not simple at all. So I worry that people are going to actually like be able to rap it back with me. But, well, man, they can rap every word from the beginning to the end, the hook. And it's, it's, it's going good. Yeah, that's so, a great sign. You got upcoming dates? Yeah, I do, actually. We got July the 1st, and that is going to be at Lucky Town Brewery. Uh, it's the grand opening, actually. Uh, We got July 6th at Fondren after 5 at Sneaky Beans. And uh, then we'll be in Dallas on July 7th, Houston, July 8th, Uh, Lafayette, July 20th.
0: And then you're going to work your way back home.
3: Yeah. Probably Excellent. a couple
0: more after that, but then we'll come back home again. The Day I Died is available on all streaming services and your website? Yeah, www.deer-silas.com. And Silas, congratulations. I appreciate now, it. I'm Thank glad you. to get you in now because you're going to be so famous. And you're going to be hard to book <laughs> you here in the so, future. Silas,
2: so I, I want to ask. Yeah. So dream person to open up for? Dream, dream person. person. Yeah, like who? who's on the scene right now? Because they're going to be opening up for you too, but I'm just saying right now, yeah. if you were to, if there was somebody mainstream that you want to open up for,
3: who would it be?
4: Chance. Chance.
2: Chance the rapper. Yeah. Yeah, y'all do y'all have similar styles, so
3: I can see that. Yeah. yeah did you I,
2: did you catch him on the BT Wars last night? I
3: did. I want to open up for him and I want to do better. Mm.
2: That's yep.
3: that's why I want to open up for him. That's man. good. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: congrats, him. man. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. All Thank right. You. Well we're gonna
0: continue on. Thank you again, Silas. It's good to see you. And we're gonna continue on with Bryce Everton. He'll be joining us next. And he's got a story I think that will inspire you. We'll just put it that way. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. All
3: of my, all of my life, all of my, all of my life, waiting for people to acknowledge and do me right, put me up in the spotlight, take me to the wizard, yeah, take me to the wizard, yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
1: all of my, all of my life. Of my- this is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Ah, Monday. Silas is great. I appreciate you getting him in, uh, Sharita. And uh, I do have a pretty good excuse for not watching the BET Awards last night. It wasn't just because I'm like an old fuddy dud or anything. It's because I get up at four in the morning, and you know mm-hmm. what? It's going to have to be like the apocalypse to get me to stay up and watch television. <laughs> I'm like, right usually-
2: So, what time do you go to bed? Uh, between nine or ten, just depending. That is good. Yeah. I struggle to go to sleep at a decent hour. Or if I go to sleep early then I'm waking up at two or three in the morning and then I can't fall back asleep and it just it's so disruptive. But I heard adults we need about six hours of sleep, so I'm working on that. I really need seven to
0: eight. Do I do. Yeah, my sister needs like four, and I've always see? like been disgusted by that. Like, and see, what? if I don't
2: get enough sleep, I just cannot function. I I'll can't get function migraines them. and everything.
0: My, my creativity goes out the window. Mm-hmm. I just can't think. And I've since I'm off caffeine now. I can't even artificially pump myself up, right. so that's a bummer. But yeah, no, I get up at four and do that boot camp every day, which is great. Mm-hmm. Except that I'm usually drooling at my desk by ten in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'm eating my lunch at eight in the morning. I mean, it's just it throws my whole oh, day yeah, off. Yeah, that's on tragic. That. I, I,
2: I seldom eat breakfast at all, and I, I and I am bad. I need to eat breakfast. Man,
0: if I don't eat, I literally am hangry.
2: <laughs> I am hangry. <laughs> that means hungry and angry. for Exactly. Folks that don't know exactly. That. exactly. <laughs> I am hangry.
0: So I, I'm glad we actually have a. a I'm one of my friends, a guy I really like, is in the studio. Well, I'm, good thing I'm, you like him. No, no it's <laughs> fun. I mean, have I ever had anybody hated in here? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> no, and we, We're professionals. We pull out the it. But I, he's 31 years old. Um, I tell you what, his story's incredibly inspiring. I'm not going to tell it to you. you will let him do it. But Bryce Yelverton is here. Uh, Bryce, it's good to see you. Your health is good. That's what matters.
5: That's right. Um, uh, I am cancer-free as of um, May
0: uh, of this year would be three years. That's hard to believe. It seems like yesterday you were going through treatment. Uh, for everybody who doesn't know, you were um your old your. A- not non Hodgkins. You were right.
5: Hodgkins. It's a Hodgkins uh, lymphoma, lymphoma survivor. Right. What's the difference
0: um, between the two? Um, lymphomas? Uh, you know,
5: the, I wish I could tell you the the detailed scientific. They both are terrible, but they're, get, they're yeah. both not good. Right. But um, but non Hodgkins is the the more severe right. case uh, than Hodgkins, and both are types of uh, blood cancers. Right. Uh, so uh, and and the unique thing about me is that. My, both myself and my father. Your dad had it too, it's like That's fifteen right. years
0: before you. That's and right. I mean, it's funny because you and your dad are now working together, and you—that is a funny. It you is do, a. No, it you is you a comedy. pop up, and I'm like, "Well, I can tell you two are related." Yeah, I mean, we are. Yeah, yeah. but you, that you both had that. Was it a genetic thing? Did they do some kind
5: of testing on you to figure that out? It, it's not, and that is a question that we get a lot. You know, how is this tied? And do you live on an uranium site or what's something? something? Uh, yeah. I think what we 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 just have bad blood is what we say. Bad blood. <laughs> But uh, basically, uh, when he was diagnosed in '98, um, it, it kind of hit our family tough, uh, it, just like it would any family. Yeah. He went through treatment. He was he was treated. He was pronounced in remission. He went through five years of checkups, and they just said, after you know early 2000, they said, you know, you can leave, uh, and you don't even have to think about cancer anymore. And wow. then in 2013. I was diagnosed. Yeah. Now,
0: then you had to think about it again.
5: Exactly. It was the same disease, same stage, uh, stage two B. Yeah. Um, similar symptoms. And yeah, how um, did you know you had it? Well, basically, I lost about twenty five pounds in a month. That's I thought it was because I was. I thought I was running a whole lot and doing well. Yeah. That's not the case. I also had uh, really bad night sweats, um, and you just wake up drenched every morning. People who who have had cancer know know what that is like, um, especially Hodgkin's. But, uh, the other thing is that my wife, uh, Carly, she was in PA school at the time. She's a PA now, okay. um, but she saw the symptoms and she said, you've got cancer. And it kind of became a running joke that, well, you know, Carly says I have cancer, but she was right. She was hundred percent right. Um, and I was teaching at the time. So I never went and got a checkup cause I didn't want to miss a day of class to go I didn't really know what to get a checkup for. Right. What do you go get, a, you know, uh, I've got a cough. I'm sweating at night. I, I didn't know what to do. I went and got a physical. Only physical I've ever had in my life. Really? And I had cancer. So I don't think I'm ever going to get a physical. Event. I
0: don't think I'd go back. No, I, <laughs> but, I think you're one and done. It is funny um, they always say married men live longer. I think that's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. There's, it's the same thing happened to me because I had, gotten a card for a plastic surgeon and i had not gone and about two months after i went to go see the dermatologist and had not gone to the plastic surgeon to have the mole removed my wife said you are going to the doctor right now and the rest yeah. is history with me too so i mean i get that so yay carly on that that's one. right yeah. she was she was the champion and she sat she came and sat with me
5: for every chemo treatment and you it, yeah if those of the that you'd yeah, well, know I mean, out there i mean they take hours i mean i was i would sit there for four hours i was going
0: to ask how that worked because you still you still were teaching during did. your treatment.
5: I, I taught throughout um the whole year um that i went through uh, cancer i was teaching at clinton high school which is my alma mater yeah and um i just decided you know i was going to tell my students that i had cancer um and then i was going to tell them that i was going to continue teaching while i went through treatment because for a lot of especially uh younger folks uh, they hear the word cancer and they just immediately think that equals death. Exactly. And I wanted to change that equation. I was a math teacher. Right. So I wanted to change that equation. And um, and I wanted to show them that, you know, someone could beat it, um, but also that, you know, you can still, it's, it's not about the disease, it's about the person. Well, and, um,
0: and I've always found, too, you know, when you're going through something like that, if you can get the support and love of other people, oh, it's, it's a huge. lot of, yeah, because it's it, huge. Because I, I, mean, I know. You know, I didn't really tell anybody about mine initially, and then toward the end, you know, it became a platform of mine. But Mm -hmm. uh, I've got one friend who's never told anybody he had it. I'm like, how do you do that?
5: You know, some people like to close in and it's it's better for them it's it's healing for them some people for me i'm a very extroverted person and and i wanted people to know i started writing about it wrote a blog about it because i didn't want everyone asking me how you doing all the time right so i just chronicled everything about it and that really was healing for me and it was also healing for other people um i've gotten a lot of response from that over the years about how they enjoyed being able to see someone go through it and then when they had it Right. And, you know, I've, I've had people come back and say, can you send me those things that you wrote? Because I have a friend who just was diagnosed and they want to. You know they need some guidance, and and for me, I was I'm very blessed to have a family, church family, and friends who all circled around me and were checking on me all the time. Some people don't have that. Don't
0: have that, and
5: and and they really need that support system too.
0: I tell you, this morning on you know Facebook, funny thing, people always think, well, the world's ending because I see it on Facebook. Back in the day, this this stuff's always gone on. It's just we never had that kind of communication. Friend of mine's husband went in for a routine colonoscopy and they found he had stage four Mm. colon cancer. Mm. Tough, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay. I know Jeremy, Jeremy Jungling who had colon cancer stage three. Hey, maybe I need to put them in contact. You know, you start thinking right. about that ways to be able to get them that support that they need. And
5: in Mississippi, that's all we, we're, we're like a network. Exactly. We want to connect you and help you.
0: And then we want to bring you food.
5: That's right. And that's what happened to me. I got food on my doorstep. I got food in my mailbox. I mean, we, we had food everywhere.
0: They, they probably thought that y'all had forgotten how to cook.
5: That, well, um, we didn't want to, I can tell you that. I can imagine. So, you were pretty busy. Yeah. It was nice to have it. Um, but, but yeah, you, you, you forget the things that you really need. Yeah. Uh, we'd have people come and work on our bushes, work uh, on our yard. Yeah. I mean, you forget how what a blessing that is. Because when you go through
0: the treatment, it is absolutely exhausting.
5: It is. It's tiring. Yeah. And um, and during my last couple of treatments, I really had to miss a few days because I suffered from migraines uh, with, with the chemo. Yeah. Uh, and... All old ailments come back to you, and right. so I um, so I missed a lot, but I also was there, and I remember um, the day I told everyone that I was cancer free, and what a what a freeing feeling that was. But also, it comes with a sense of purpose because uh, there's so many out there that don't make it, right? And um, and you wonder, well, why am I still here?
0: You do. You you feel like you have a debt to repay, absolutely. And you've always been. Um, you, I mean, you. I love this quote. Your ministry and your work start right outside your front door. You've been a big part of his heart. That's the That's Calvary right. Baptist Church. Tell us a little bit about his heart.
5: Well, his heart is. Uh, it's a nonprofit here in uh, Jackson, in the metro area. It's housed within uh, my church, which is Calvary Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and we've been on thirteen hundred West Capitol Street for decades. We've been there since the twenties. We've been a church since nineteen oh one. it's one hundred and ten thousand square feet of <laughs> yeah. building. Uh, and and although we don't use all of it to day, we do use everything and every resource we have to minister to the people in the church and also the people and the kids and the students of West Park, right? So that area right outside in between Capitol Street and Lynch Street, um, right there around JSU. Isn't
0: that, I mean, one of the things, that, and I always try to explain this to people, and some people never had cancer or don't, don't understand that, every day I get excited about a sunrise. That's an incredibly right. goofy thing to do, but you've, you've figured out, the secret, I think, to long-term survival. You're paying your blessing forward. We're, we're trying to, and, and I,
5: I was involved in His Heart and, and Calvary um, yeah. since I was 12 years old when right. we started back in 98, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. That's when we started. That's so. tough
0: as a kid when your dad gets cancer. Oh, yeah. Mine, mine had it oh, yeah. Both my parents and, cancer, and it, so,
5: yeah. and You yeah. definitely feel it as kids. But, definitely. Um, but I really attribute my work at His Heart uh, probably to my mom, who... Yeah got us all up me me and my sister one afternoon said we're going to go and we're going to volunteer at our church's new inner city ministry that's his awesome heart. <laughs> and and we started there and um and I actually was an intern with his heart for 10 years uh, when I was at Mississippi College and when I taught for 7 years uh and and I have been a part of that ministry working with students and their families for 19 years now and, we're
0: talking we're talking with Bryce Yelverton. and Bryce um you resigned from teaching when you were when you were cleared that's right uh i taught for one
5: more year after i um was pronounced in remission yeah and um and then i I had the opportunity to go work full time with my dad Uh, why
0: did you decide to do that hey because i guess you could spend time with your dad which is pretty cool (laughs) that that is one
5: uh the other thing is is that you know when when you go through cancer you kind of look at your life story and like okay am i really doing what i want i love teaching Right. And um and I, I didn't leave because I didn't enjoy it. I loved teaching. But the opportunity was always there to work with dad. And he kept saying, you want to come and see what I do? You want to come and work what I in my realm? And I said, you know what? We don't have kids. Uh, it's just me and Carly. I'm cancer free. I've got this opportunity. She's got a great job. So I resigned from teaching and went and started working with dad uh, nice. just to see what happened. And I love it. I've been doing that for two years now.
0: Well, and you one of the I remember when the oral parody legislation came out, mm-hmm. you guys worked on getting that passed. Tell right. us about that, because I know that's that's huge for a lot of people. In Mississippi. It is. It's
5: massive uh, in the, my father. Um, when I when I was going through cancer, he got involved with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, mm-hmm. uh, where we were going to run a half marathon um, and with their team and training. Um, when we got involved with that and we started raising money, we got the you know the eyes of our home office, which for Mississippi and Louisiana, it's in New Orleans, down yeah. in Metairie. They started coming to us, and we started working fundraiser events with us. And then they found out that my dad worked in the government relations realm, and um, and we were. Uh, they said, "Well, we've got this bill with oral parity where we want to help out cancer patients who take chemo with a pill yeah. and help out their." Them financially and, right. and and just sustainability, and um, and dad said sure, and he he helped out with that. I helped out with that from the sidelines um, because I wasn't full time with him at the moment. Right. But uh, but I still like to think that we both contributed to the passage of that. And I believe we were the thirty seventh state um, to pass that oral parity legislation. So what's next for you? Well, next I'll be uh, continuing working with my dad. Uh, we are actually in the heat of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Light the Night mm-hmm. uh, event, which is. Uh, coming up in October. We'd love to come back and talk about that specifically. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, we will be uh, helping raise funds for that. And also this summer, I've been helping out uh, a good bit with our His Heart staff, uh, driving kids to and fro to our music camp a couple weeks ago. Our kids are youth leave for uh, Lake Forest Ranch this Thursday for uh, a camp. And I'm sure I'll be driving kids to some camp in July as well. So but so. Basically, my life is my work, and then my ministry with with his heart, and uh, then my family. So, uh, looking forward to another great summer in this heat,
0: Bryce. I I think it's pretty easy to say that you're not just a cancer survivor; you're a cancer thriver. So definitely,
2: absolutely, Bryce. What are your thoughts? uh, You know, since you work with the youth, on how kids can stay engaged and stay out of trouble during the summer, in particular.
5: Well. if you look around our city, and that's a great question, there are a lot of nonprofits just like His Heart doing similar things um, all over the city. There are there are summer programs, whether at JSU or or other colleges. There's also Boys and Girls Club. Uh, there are opportunities out there, and the the more that you can get kids engaged in something, some kind of program, even if it's for a week or even if it's just from eight to twelve, the more they're doing that and not sitting. At home, the better.
2: Yeah, or sitting on the phone. I was telling Marshall yeah. right. I was driving through a neighborhood and there were kids sitting together in the driveway, but uh. they were all on their phones. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why they talk I to I was each thinking, other. Man, yeah, it's different. It's different.
0: <laughs> it's, it's what they do. It's just it's just attached to their heads. So, um, but they say about idle hands, but especially if you're texting. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But
5: uh, the more that kids can get involved in their community and uh and find a group to be involved with, the better. So off the off their butts, off uh, out of their house, and out in the world. That's the best place to be.
0: I'm in. i in. Well, Bryce, I mean, I'm just glad you're doing really well. I, I uh, you know, like I said, I followed your journey very closely and was very inspired by it as well. And it, it sounds like that you have pretty much figured out how to turn that inspiration and continue it forward.
5: Well, I try to, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here, um, and uh, I love to to speak about that because it's a, it's an exclusive club that no one wants to be a
2: part
0: of. Exactly. They say one out of club. three people are going to be touched by cancer in some way. That's right. That's, That's cool. right. So it's pretty
2: incredible. i tell you what. Well, Sherita, uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Marshall. Yeah, great show as always. Yes, and be safe on your travels. Oh, I will be. Wait, when are you getting on the road?
0: Uh, whenever I can. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. You that goes. But, I mean, I probably have driven more in the last two weeks than I have probably my whole life. So, but isn't I'm, it
2: kind of relaxing to be on the road, I guess, for at least a few hours after if, hour five is not fun. It's <laughs> not, but
0: I tell you, I like driving alone because then I can be in control of the radio
2: yes. and listen to
0: what I want to listen to.
2: Absolutely. So, and sing horribly and just do all the fun things you <sighs> can do. There was do. at
0: one point in my life where I heard the movie Garfield 2 about <laughs> 97 times. I never saw it, but it was playing on the, you know, the video for in the back. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I shaved 10 years off my life. All right. Well, it's a production of MPB Think Radio. I want to thank Sharita, of course, as well. Coming up next is sub Remedy. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We will see you next Monday. Y'all have a great week.